Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. Everybody, we got a song for the church choir. <laughs> Singing about somebody that we call that man Jesus. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. <laughs> this one for the church choir. Come on, I search. Come on, all over. Come on, trying to find. Someone, but in my search, I was faced with reality. Come on, that no one, come on, could ever match. Come on, why no one can do? No one has shown a greater love. Come on, everybody, there is. Come on, no one. We're singing about that blessed Savior. Come on, what's his name, y'all?
to say good morning to each and every one of you who have gathered 
joined us in worship on today. What a blessed privilege it is that the Lord has allowed us to see another day of worship. It is a blessing, and the saints would say he didn't have to do it, but he did. And we are so grateful that he's kept us to see another day of worship. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful that you put your loving arms of protection around us, allowed us uh, to gather in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church and here as well as we lead saints of God in worship. Uh, we pray your blessings on this worship experience and every person that enjoys it both near and far. We pray that uh, you would receive glory through all that we do and we ask these prayers now as we invoke and invite your presence. And we ask it in the name of Jesus and the people of God said together, amen and amen. We're going to ask the music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship at this time.
We've come to the moment in our worship experience where we can corporately go to the Lord in prayer, and we do know that prayer changes things, and prayer changes the prayer. We certainly want to remember our civic leaders, both on the national, state, county, and city level, and we certainly want to lift to the Lord the family Mayor Stothard and the loss of her husband, uh, we certainly want to lift that family in prayer. More specifically, those who are a part of our church family who have requested prayer and are in need of prayer, uh, Brother Morris Sanders, Sister Sadie Alley, Sister Mercedes Bullard, Sister Gloria Burris, the sister of Lonnie Burris, Sister Acra Cooper, Sister Beverly Flowers, Sister Michelle McCain, Sister Glendora Patterson, Sister Alice Richardson, Sister Mary Ann Smith, Sister-in-law Charles Smith, Sister Sandra Tambo, uh, Turnbow, <clears throat> Sister Jackie Willis, Sister Margarita Washington, Sister Jean Watkins, Brother James Alley, Brother Dimitri Brown, Brother Neil Devers, Deacon Anthony Hadley, Brother Azel Henderson, the husband of Katie Henderson, Brother Jan Brandon Jimerson, Brother Andre Jesse, the nephew of Benita Green, Brother Ernest Robinson Sr., the father of Barbara Smith, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Jacoby Terry, Brother Herman and Sister Shirley Valian, uh, the family of Charles Smith, Brother Rasheed Wall, Brother Raymond Anthony Wills, Willis, Brother Leon Wilson, the father of Tara Evans, Reverend Donald and Sister Lillian Wyatt. We certainly want to remember in our prayers Brother Ananias Montague and his family and the loss of his cousin, Pastor Terrell uh, Banks, as well, Brother William Newby and the loss of his brother, Fred Newby, Sister Jackie Smith and Sister Sherry Nelson in the loss of their grandson and nephew, Sequel Hogan, Sister Pat Allen and the loss of her son, Robbie Moffitt, Deacon Mark and Sister Toria Owsley in the loss of her cousin, Reverend Hamilton Henderson, Deacon Brayman Addison Adams in the loss of his brother Edward Buddy Adams, and Sister Diane Johnson, loss of her husband, Trustee Ken Johnson. Uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are thankful on today for how good and gracious and generous you've been to us. And Lord, we are thankful today, even in spite of a lengthy list of those who are in need of prayer. For Lord, when we count our blessings, we realize that numbers don't go high enough. Your blessings toward us at times seems to be unlimited. And it has been said, and it is also true, that you are better to us than we've been to ourselves. And so, God, we love you. 
we praise you, we worship you, and we thank you for your many and varied blessings. Again, the list is long, Lord, and you know the needs, you know the heart's desires, you know where healing is your will, you know where strength is needed, where encouragement is the order of the day, and certainly we know that you in your word declare that your spirit would be a comforter and so we pray in the name of Jesus that you would comfort not only the names that have been called but the families that stand with them and others whose names have not been called but might be sick or suffering or whatever the situation might be Lord, we don't know all the details, but we know you know. And so we pray that you would address them at the point of their need. For Lord, we do know again that you are a comforter. You are a healer. You are a very present help, even in a time of trouble. You give us strength in our weakest moments. You give us the endurance that we need from day to day. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do all that you've always done, and that is to be a God like no other, a God who walks with your people and sees them in their time of need. So again, we lift these names to you and so many others. And Lord, we can't see them all, but we know that you can visit them where they are right now. And so that's why we lift them to you. And so we ask these prayers now in the name of Jesus Christ. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. We continue to thank each and every one of you for your presence in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church as we continue in uh, these troubling and trying times. And we thank you for your continued encouragement, support, and prayers. And even as uh, we move forward, we pray for your continued understanding, for your continued patience. As we prepare, we don't have a, a concrete date at this point, but as we prepare uh, to and plan to return to in-person worship, whenever that might be, we certainly look forward to seeing each and every one of you and what a blessed day it's going to be. But again, get, please continue to pray for us that we would have wisdom as we approach uh, these decisions about returning to in-person worship. Again, I remind you, things will be different, and so that's why we're asking for your understanding and your prayers uh, as we continue to plan uh, for uh, in-person worship. We want to remind you of a few things. Our scripture for the month is Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. Uh, this is the year of revival uh, at the Salem Church, and our scripture for the year is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Remind you as well 
that uh, Daylight Savings Time begins next Sunday, March 14th. So please remember to adjust your timepieces uh, as we uh, go through Daylight Savings Time. We continue to thank you for uh, your continued uh, support and faithfulness through your financial stewardship and the support of the ministries of uh, the Salem Baptist Church. We are grateful to each and every one of you. We remind you there are various platforms by which you can give your tithe and your offering. You can mail it to the church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. From 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, you can bring your tithe and offering to the church. There is a secure tithe and offering box just outside the administrative offices. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org, through PayPal, through Venmo, through Givelify, and through the Cash app. And uh, we wanted to make sure it was as convenient as possible. And so we now have uh, a manner by which you can text to give. You can text to give from your phone. That phone number is 402-453-3161. Again, that's 402-453-3161. Let me say it one more time, just in case you didn't get it. 402 402- Four five three three one six one, and again, we are so grateful for each and every one of you, not only the members of Salem, but those who become our ministry partners during this time, who have been able to watch our worship experiences uh, through our website, through Facebook Live, um, and uh, our Word for Your Walk uh, broadcast each Sunday at one thirty p.m. on the CW Network. It's reaching not only our church, but it's reaching our community. And so we praise God uh, for those increased opportunities to share the worship experience of the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska. We're going to ask the Music and Fine Arts Ministry to come at this time and to lead us further in worship.
to ask if you would turn with us in your Bibles, on your tablets, whatever devices you might be using at this moment to the New Testament, the gospel as recorded by Luke, Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. And the word of God reads, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, 
I give half my goods to the poor. If I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord's word is blessed. We want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, an encounter with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. An encounter with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. When you read a section of scripture like I've just read, you must always be mindful of the context. You see, this section of scripture, beginning at Luke chapter 19, verse 1, opens with a word that should always cause us to press pause and then press rewind. You see, this section of Scripture, this chapter, opens with the word then. And when a section of Scripture opens with a word like then, it clearly connects itself to a prior section of Scripture. For us, that means the section of Scripture scripture I preached from last week. Luke chapter 18 verses 35 through 43. It was in that section of scripture that we observed a blind man's encounter with Jesus near Jericho. As Jesus was approaching the city of Jericho, a city that was about 17 miles from Jerusalem, which was his final destination, we observed that the blind man would not be quiet Additionally, we observed that Jesus asked the blind man a revealing question. In response, the blind man makes a clear request, and ultimately, Jesus heals the blind man quickly. And as we open this 19th chapter, the Bible says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jesus is now closer to Jerusalem now closer to the fate he had described to his disciples in Luke chapter 18 verses 31 through 34. The fate of being mocked and insulted and spat upon, scourged and killed, and finally to be raised on the third day. And as he passes through Jericho, Jesus is that much closer to the tension torture and torment he has to endure to secure our salvation. And yet, just as it was on last week with the blind man on the road to Jericho, Jesus is yet aware of the atmosphere and the environment that surrounds him. And it is in this section of scripture that we encounter a man named Zacchaeus a man named Zacchaeus has an encounter with Jesus while Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And so first, this text suggests that we observe a sinner seeking to see Jesus. We observe a sinner seeking to see Jesus. Again, there's a character in this section of Scripture named Zac Zacchaeus. Initially, he is identified as a text collector. Going forward, I will identify him 
as a sinner. Now, I have a foundation and footing to do, do so because first, most often when Jesus stopped to socialize, he did so with outcasts and outsiders. And if you read through the Gospels, it is often said that Jesus spent time with tax collectors and sinners. They were considered to a degree synonymous, and I know it may not seem analogous and equivalent in 2021, but we have to take into account the setting and the time of the text. The time of the text, Israel was an occupied territory. The Roman Empire ruled and reigned over Israel. Garrisons of Roman soldiers dominated and oppressed the people. The Roman Empire was despised by many, and yet there was a class of people reviled and detested even more than Roman soldiers. That group and class of people were the tax collectors. The reason why was the tax collectors were Jewish people as well, and they contracted with uh, the Roman government to collect taxes on their own countrymen, and because the tax collectors had the full force of the Roman Empire behind them, uh, they were able uh, to not only collect what was proper, they would add on top an amount above the proper level of taxes to enrich themselves. As a result, they were considered turncoats and traitors. They were considered co-conspirators and collaborators with the Roman Empire. In short, they were made to be called sinners. And to make matters worse, the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. So not only did he conspire with the Roman Empire, he had other people working for him to extort and extract taxes from his own countrymen. That's Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And yet, with his status as a sinner, he displays initially a redeeming quality. Listen to the text again today, beginning at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Now, if you remember the sermon last week, I tried my best to explain that Jesus certainly had his circle of 12 disciples that uh, accompanied him as he carried out his earthly ministry. But uh, additionally, there were massive crowds that followed him because of the authority of his teaching and preaching, the power of his presence and the majesty of his miracles. And it was very likely the same crowd that the blind man had heard from the prior section of Scripture had continued to travel with Jesus as he made his way to Jerusalem. And certainly, 
The acclaim of Jesus had grown because of the miracle he performed on the former blind man. And the Bible tells us in the prior section of Scripture that the man who had been blind joined the caravan of people following Jesus. And certainly he was telling everyone who would listen uh, that now he's able to see. So just as the blind man on last week heard that Jesus was passing by, so did Zacchaeus in Luke 19. And just like the blind man wanted an audience with Jesus, Jesus, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus realized he was a sinner. Yet, he realized as well that Jesus was the Savior. Now, you have to take into account how Luke describes Zacchaeus. He says he was a chief tax collector. He was a rich man. And lastly, he was short of stature. And he was seeking to see Jesus, but he could not because he was vertically challenged. He could not see Jesus because the crowd blocked his line of sight. Now, we have to take into account once again, his intentions are honorable. He wants to see Jesus, and yet we cannot forget that many people in this crowd have been robbed and fleeced by Zacchaeus and his gang of tax collectors. As a result, there's no way they're going to make room for Zacchaeus on the side of the road and let him see Jesus. The crowd is likely looking at Zacchaeus saying in so many words, uh, we are not helping you out. You just need to figure it out. And that's just what Zacchaeus does. His desire and determination drove him to a solution for his situation. He would not let his stature or the crowd keep him from seeing Jesus. Once again, then Jesus entered, entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, I need you to notice there was a similar parallel in the text from last week. Again, in the prior section of Scripture, the crowd was trying to keep the blind man from getting the attention of Jesus. They tried to get him to quiet down and to not disturb Jesus as he was passing by. And in this section of Scripture, Zacchaeus was impeded by the crowd because he was short in physical stature. And in both cases, the blind man and Zacchaeus would not allow that which hindered them from getting to Jesus. The blind man kept on crying out, and Zacchaeus decides, I'm going to go climb up this tree to see him. Now, this tree in this text is really a fig mulberry tree. It was a wide open tree with low branches. In other words, it was low enough for a short man like Zacchaeus to climb up easily. So I want to suggest the Lord will put in place everything that is necessary 
for you to see him. The truth is, for most of us, if the Lord had put, not put people in place uh, to guide us to him, we probably would have never seen him for ourselves. And child of God, if you're trying to see the Lord clearer, and if you're trying to get closer to the Lord, and if you're trying to be more like Jesus, don't let anything or anyone keep you from him. Crowd may be trying to block your path. Others might be trying to dissuade you and to discourage you. Some may be trying to bring up your shortcomings and your past, but you got to keep on pushing and you got to keep on pressing and you got to keep on praying. Or you got to be like Zacchaeus. You got to keep on seeking the Lord. He decided, I'm not going to let the crowd get in my way. I'll do what I have to do. And the Bible reminds us over and over that we ought to seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. First Chronicles 16, uh, 10 and 11 says, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Matthew 7 verses 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Be like Zacchaeus. Keep on seeking and keep on searching. So we observe a sinner seeking to see Jesus but then we see a sinner observe a sinner summoned by Jesus again as we compare the story of the blind man on the roadside from last week we notice some similarities but we notice as well some differences some of the similarities concern the crowd that was following Jesus and both the blind man and Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus and that he was about to pass that way and both respected the authority of the ministry of Jesus and yet one of the major differences is that the blind man called out to Jesus. Oh, but Zacchaeus does not do so. His initial intent was simply to see this Jesus that everyone had been buzzing about. This Jesus who had healed a blind man on the other side of Jericho, this Jesus who had caused such a stir with his crowds, and Zacchaeus was not prepared to call out to Jesus, and yet he is summoned, he is called out by the Lord Jesus himself. Listen to verse five. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Now there are a couple of things that, about this summons that Jesus makes to Zacchaeus. The first of which is this. Jesus called Zacchaeus just as he was. Zacchaeus knew himself. 
he, he knew he was hated by his countrymen. He knew he had cheated them concerning their taxes. He knew he had conspired to defraud his own people. And yet, Jesus didn't ask him to change first and then become a believer. Now, again, in this text, we do see that Zacchaeus changes his ways, but that was not a condition of being with Jesus. Child of God, all of us ought to be shouting right now. Oh, we ought to be shouting that the Lord does not make his love and his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace conditional. You know, some folk love us simply because uh, we love them and have shown our love. But listen, Jesus says to Zacchaeus, there are no conditions. I know who you are, and I know what you've done, but I still want you to come down because I'm going to stay at your house. We should rejoice that he meets us where we are and moves us to where we're supposed to be. How many of us would be lost right now if the Lord put conditions on his love? He had put conditions on his affection for us. He called Zacchaeus just as he was. This must have been on the mind of Charlotte Elliott when she penned the words to a beloved hymn, Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me to come to me, O Lamb of God. I come, I come. Not only does Jesus call him, just as he was, he calls Zacchaeus by name. Now, that, that, there's another shout right there because it indicates that Jesus knew Zacchaeus and he knew where he was in life. There was no mystery, no unknowns, no unfamiliarity. And child of God, if he knew all about Zacchaeus, that means he knows all about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles and your strains. He knows your pain and your heartache. He knows your disappointments. And because he knows, it means you don't have to go through it by yourself. Walter Hawkins says it this way, if you ever need a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I recommend Jesus because he's that kind of friend. He will never forsake you. This is the line that I love. Even though he knows everything there is to know about you, I recommend Jesus because he's that kind of friend. And child of God, just like he knew the name of Zacchaeus, just like he met Zacchaeus where he was, listen, he knows you. He knows your name. He will never forsake you. And someone should be shouting in your spirit right now because he knows you by name. And so very quickly, we observe a sinner seeking to see Jesus. We observe a sinner summoned by Jesus. And last, we observe a sinner saved by Jesus. Now, take account once again on last week. The blind man was on the roadside begging, and he begins to call out to Jesus. And the crowd that was with Jesus tried to shush the blind man. And it must have been the same crowd with Jesus in this section of scripture. They complained last week that the blind man was too loud. 
Now they begin to complain about the company that Jesus is keeping. Listen to verses 5 through 7. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying he's gone to be a guest, be a guest with a man who is a sinner. That, 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 that they crowd gets on my last nerve. That, that same crowd who had complained that the blind man was too loud last week is now complaining that Jesus is not keeping the company uh, they want him to keep. Oh, that, that they crowd gets on my last nerve. Because just like there was a they crowd in Luke chapter 19, there is a they crowd in 2021. And that they crowd just gets on my last nerve. I hope you're not a part of that they crowd. They complain now that Jesus is going to be a guest at the house of a sinner. Uh, but, but Jesus closes this section of scripture by letting the crowd know this is just the kind of person that I came to die for. I know you're complaining that I'm spending time with him, but this is why I put on flesh and came to earth and was born of a virgin. This is who I came to die for, somebody that you're complaining about me hanging around. Listen to the closing section of the scripture, beginning of verse 8. It says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, Jesus says to this man and to the crowd, I know you all are complaining that I'm going to be a guest at this sinner's house, but this is exactly who I came to seek and to save. And the truth all of us must fess up to is that all of us at some time or another were in that lost crowd. Uh, you may have it straight right now, you may be super self-righteous at this moment in time. You may act as if you have it all together, and you may fool a lot of us. But the truth is, all of us were in that lost crowd at one time or another. I know your Bible is big. I know your cross is shiny. I know you can quote scripture after scripture. I know you don't participate in the big sins anymore. Uh, but the truth is, all of us 
were in that lost crowd at one time or another. I know you put your mask on, and I don't mean this kind of mask. When you come out the house and you fake it until you can make it. But the truth is, all of us were in that lost crowd at one time or another. I said to you a few weeks ago that confession is good for the soul and it may be bad for the reputation. Uh, and so you don't need to tell the person sitting to you next how lost you were. But you might as well go ahead and admit that some time or another I found myself in that lost crowd. And I'm so glad uh, that when I was in that lost crowd uh, that the Lord uh, was still saying, uh, yes, Lord, uh, I have uh, come to seek and to save uh, that which was lost. Do I have a witness today? Behind uh -huh. somebody, somebody uh, ought to shout right now because uh, you can't admit uh, that you were in that lost crowd uh, and the Lord uh, sought you out uh, and he saved your soul. Uh, yes, Lord, uh, I'm going to leave you alone, uh, but he is there anybody here who doesn't mind testifying? Yes, Lord, I, I was in that lost crowd, but the Lord found me just where I, I was. Yes, Lord, that's why I can sing the song, the words to this song. Yes, Lord, amazing grace will always be my song of praise. Uh-huh, for it was grace that brought my liberty. I do not know why he came to love me so, but he looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs. Ooh, I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody watching? Is there anybody listening who will testify? He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs. Do I have a witness? Go ahead and testify. Go ahead and lift your hands. Go ahead and open your mouth. Go ahead and tell him thank you because he looked beyond your faults and saw your needs. Somebody ought to say thank you. 
If he looked beyond your faults and saw your needs, somebody ought to say thank you. Somebody ought to tell him thank you. Somebody ought to tell him thank you. Somebody ought to tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. 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 You ought to tell him thank you for looking beyond your faults, saving your soul. When we were on our way to hell, he found us. He saved us. How did he save you? One Friday, outside the walls of Jerusalem, on a hill called Calvary, he died. He died. Yeah, he died. But the story wasn't over because bright early, Sunday morning, he got up. You ought to help me preach this thing. Say, he got up. Come on, testify with me. He got up. Yeah, he got up. Yeah, he got up. With all power in his hand. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Somebody ought to tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Even now, as Zacchaeus experienced salvation through Jesus Christ, he wants to save you today. We were all sinners and wretches undone, 
that he loved us enough to die for us on Calvary's cross. Because he died and because he was raised, each of us have the opportunity to know salvation for ourselves. Romans 10 reminds us, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You can accept the free gift of salvation, life, life abundantly, and life eternally. So if you want to give your life to the Lord on today, this is your opportunity. Please call us at 402-455-1000, option 3. Or if you know the Lord, but for whatever reason you're out of fellowship with the local church, this is your opportunity to be a part of the Salem Church. Please call, call us at 402-455-1000, option 3. There's someone waiting to hear your voice even now. Why don't you give your life to him? hope that you have made a decision today that will be a blessing to your life and life eternal. We have the privilege on today of sharing in one of the two ordinances that the Lord has left the church. In our faith tradition, we have the ordinance of baptism. Those who have given their lives to the Lord and made their own confession of faith are baptized. It is symbolic of dying to the old, be, being raised in new life with Jesus Christ. The other of those two is this Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. It's an opportunity for us to remember and reflect on what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And so even now as we prepare to receive these elements that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and shed blood, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all of your blessings, but most importantly, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. We thank you for that unending, undying love that was displayed in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the price paid and the sacrifice made so that we might receive salvation. Even now as we prepare to share with these elements that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and shed blood. We pray that you would prepare us, that you would forgive us of our sins. 
Your word declares that if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we lay ourselves at your feet even now as we prepare to commune with you and with one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
day before his crucifixion, on the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. The Bible says first he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Let us commune together. And likewise, he took the cup and declared, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shared for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us commune together. We pray and believe that this worship experience has been a blessing to you on today, and we pray the Lord's blessings for the week to come. Let's pray, Lord, again, we love you and thank you, and we are grateful for all that you've done for this opportunity and privilege to be reminded of the sacrifice made through Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God, be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, all across this state, all across the country, and all across the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.